Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. My co-host, Biscuit Reynolds, is right next to me. So listen for some snorts. Um, <laughs> I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Today, I'm introducing this on video. So I hope you're seeing this. Uh, and if not, you're listening to the audio. That's great. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited you're here. Uh, I just want to prove out for like the 500th time on this podcast that you can totally make new friends during a pandemic if you are like out and about online meeting people. There's a service called Lunch Club, which is, um, it's an app and a website. I found it as an app. I had some friends who were on it and were networking and meeting really cool folks from all over the world um, through this service. And you just sign up for a time slot. And this is one time where you can let the robots do... <laughs> the work of the divine and bring you to the right people. Um, I've met probably at least a dozen people so far on Lunch Club. I've been doing it for a couple months um, and only one dud out of a dozen, which I think is, and it wasn't even that big of a dud. You know what I mean? It was still a worthy conversation for a half hour, 45 minutes, right? So um, Radavi though was a gem. So we found her, uh, such an incredible divine connection I have with her. Uh, she's such a great healer and guide for inner child work. Um, I, I wish I had met Radavi. I mean, I think we all meet people in the right, in the divine timing. But um, when I first moved to LA was when I was endeavoring on my inner child work. And if you think you have inner child work to do, ha, here's the sign. Yes, you definitely have inner child work to do. I think we all do. Because most of us are just left alone with our feelings growing up. Um, and I think frequently we're raised in families of origin uh, that have the contrast that those of us who are on a healing and spiritual journey um, need to level up. Uh, one of my very favorite uh, healers uh, that I follow, spiritual leaders, is Shaman Durek, who has a really dark, um, really abusive uh, childhood uh, that he speaks about freely, but he also is such a being of light and um, so radiant. And so I felt the same way about Radavi. Like, um, such a being of light, so radiant, has healed so much. And I'm really excited to share her story with you um, and share her healing opportunities with you. And you can check her uh, info in the show notes, but I'm really excited for you to listen to this conversation. I think it's going to help you have some insights about healing that might be really helpful for you. Um, and I also uh, want to tell you the best way to support this podcast is my Patreon page, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash F-K-D which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party, which is my aerobics class for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever been called too much, too fat, or felt too awkward to dance, mine is the supportive class for you. My Patreon memberships start at $7 a month. It supports all the work I put out in the world for free, including this podcast and my Instagram presence and all of those things. Um, and for seven bucks a month, you get access to Updates I don't share anywhere else. All of my Zoom aerobics classes, I teach uh, at least five times a month on Zoom. And um, it's such an incredible community, truly the finest folks all over the world. Uh, we have folks from Australia, folks from all over the US, Canada, Europe, um, who join us. I am looking for some New Zealand babes. <laughs> or wherever you're from is exactly right. Please come join us. I would love to party with you. Um, and that includes all of those classes. Uh, for 25 bucks a month, you get access to my on-demand aerobics membership, which is six classes uh, rotated once a week. I put a new class up and refresh the oldest class. There's a 10-minute class, a 20-minute class, two 55-minute classes, a chair aerobics class, and a uh, 
canicize class, which is slower, more repetitive choreography for use with an optional cannabis experience. Um, and I just want to shout out Sister Mother Cannabis uh, as a great ally for me and my inner child healing. Um, and especially the physical symptoms uh, that I have from like chronic digestive pain and things that come along uh, with things I've needed to heal like cannabis. They never mentioned cannabis all those times when I was a lawyer and I had insurance back in the days before copays got super nuts. I had multiple colonoscopies and upper endoscopies. And they basically were like, we don't really know what's wrong with your digestion. We just know something's wrong. And I was like, wow, insurance has paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for you to tell me you don't know. And uh, what's really amazing is they never once mentioned cannabis as a healing option <laughs> or, uh, or candida overgrowth, which I definitely had a candida overgrowth and solving that. I worked with a health coach that was 90% of it. Like it really did solve 90% of my digestive troubles. So all that to say, um, I also mentioned in this episode, my father passed away a week ago from when I'm filming this. Um, and I really have had some intense gastrointestinal pain coming up, but part of it is just like hurt stuff I needed to look at and witness and process through. And I'm really grateful for cannabis as uh, my ally. And that really helps me with that, those chronic things and also stress and um, play and turning off the a-hole in my brain, which I think we can all identify with that a-hole in the brain. Um, so I hope you'll consider patreon.com slash FKDP if my work in the world is uh, something you value and or if you wanna come party with me and help to heal some of your inner child stuff. Back your Dance Party is a healing, it's movement, it's all of those things. So um, I hope you'll consider and please enjoy this show with Radavi. It was so great to have this conversation. Thanks for being here, everybody. Radavi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, sweet Bevin, having me here. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here. I'm so excited to share you with my audience um, as once again, proof that you can make friends in a pandemic across the con continent from one another and just using our technology, using our Zoom technology. Um, and so Radhavi, I like to start with business in the front on the podcast. So will you share with the audience what your offerings are and, and how you help folks heal? Yeah. Well, what has happened is I've come to this place a couple of weeks ago that my soul has said, you know, I have such a compassion for the human condition. Oh, my heavens. It, uh, so my soul said, I want you to, to put out a program from your website, 50% off, because there are a lot of people who are hurting. There's a lot of people who have financial problem, who have lost their job or refused to work because they don't want to take the, the vax, you know, and, 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 and they um, honor themselves. And, and I wanna help everyone. I wanna help more people. Because people, now is a time where all this pandemic and all this stuff is coming up. What is doing that a lot of people may not realize it is bringing up things that were rooted in the in in within them in their unconscious and rooted there and it's coming up and there a lot of people are just going out of their emotional mind and that's why I want to be one of those people to support them so that that's that's what I'm doing and I'm also always offering a 20 minute complimentary guidance to anyone everyone yes and it's not a it's not a sales 
because uh, I don't do, you know, I'm good at sales, but that's not what I do in my service. What I do, I come from my heart to that person and feel where they are. I do that. I can do that. Yeah, so that's what I do. And, you know, my website link, I think, will be there so they can go look through my website. Yes, your website will be in the show notes. Um, you can just click a little button and connect right to Radhavi and set that 20-minute session up. I love when folks offer, especially metaphysical healer type folks who set up those like intro calls. I've frequently found people I've worked with for a, now a decade uh, because they offered that. And I was able to kind of sense uh, the way I approach hiring metaphysical folks is like, do we vibe, right? Like, do I feel um, like chills when I'm connecting with them, which is usually my sign that like spirit is present, um, right? And like, I think you do such an, I had a session with you and I, you do such a good job of connecting emotionally and kind of um, giving perspective, like a higher perspective on um, relationships and interactions that I thought was super helpful. So if you're curious, if this conversation piques your interest, reach out to Radavi and um, book that yes. session. Another thought that came up, Bevin, while you're talking is that um, in that email I sent you with the 50% discount, if anybody has an interest in that, maybe you can cut and paste that particular piece so they go right directly to that page and they'll see it and see what it is. And, and, and do they recognize themselves in it and reach out for the 20 minute if they want to first or sign up, whatever they want to do. Awesome. I will put that all in there. Um, Radavi, you are, uh, you just said you were a great grandmother. Um, so you have had quite a life on this planet already. And um, will you tell us more about where you were born how you grew up and then how you became a healer today. Okay, <laughs> that's a long story. I'm gonna shorten it up. <laughs> well, I was born in a village in Jamaica in the mountains. See mountains there? Yeah, I adore mountains. I connect with the mountain spirits. But I, my soul went there because there's a specific reason unknown to me at the time that I needed to how this relationship with my mother that would drag me through, you know, the, that was my first classroom. That was my first, man, this was pretty good. They did a great job. <laughs> and so, um, and so I, I, I grew up in a big family, but I was always different. I felt different. I was more of an indigenous person. Nobody else was like that. You know, they would say, I'm weird, you know? And, um, but one, one, one important thing is that I went to Sunday school. I think I was four years old when I first started going. I'm guessing the age, cause I couldn't read at that time. And I would hear about God and Jesus. And they had this little flyer, you know, with picture of Christ and Mary. I treasured them, I didn't come home and I'd find a box and put them in. But I heard that God was in heaven. So I knew God was a really important, special person being. 
And I always wanted to know where is heaven? Where is God? And I used to look up in the sky and so you see my soul connected with that. And all and so it became the 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 the, the golden thread that was in the tapestry of my life. In spite of the difficulty, the trauma, the wounds that I was going, that I had gone through. And um, and so it became, you know, a, a business. So my father had a mom and pop store. So business was a natural for me. And I started a couple of successful businesses, but there was something missing. I knew there was something missing. And so my soul was, you know, I'm like a, a consciousness that is flowing down a clear stream of consciousness flowing through over rocks. So this is what we all are, by the way, we are always in movement. And so um, our soul is taking us, taking us into the, into the path that we needed to go experience some difficulties and, and some greatness. And so I, I am, um, I, I had walked away from my childhood I thought, I'm grown up now, that's not me. I don't want to, I, I never talked about my childhood. It was pretty bad in my mind. My mother, you know, blaming me on a lot and, you know, physically beaten at two years old and locked away in a storeroom. So, you know, there was nothing to talk about that was beautiful. And one mystical moment when I was going through a very deep emotional pain from a relationship, the child came in front of me and I thought, I don't want to see you, just go away. I don't relate to you, I don't connect with you. And she stayed there for three weeks. Sad, looked me directly in my eyes, very sad, there was no conversation. And I, and I mean, there were times when I spoke out loudly and, and got angry. I said, I don't want to see you, just go. And finally, after three weeks, I felt that I needed to connect with her and I didn't know how to do it. So I, I discovered that um, the key, this is a key I want everyone to know because I had a memory up here. And I, there was a time when I thought, I have a lobotomy, you know, I would forget the whole thing because I don't want to remember. I've walked away, so why am I remembering it? And unknown to me that all the imprints are in this body I'm walking around with, which is funny. But um, I found out that the emotions to the memories was the key. And once I started doing myself healing, Oh my, you know, so much was released, so much. And even went through into past life energies. How do I know that? Because this is all about my experiences. There's no teacher, there's no guidance, there's no healer helping. This is what I needed to do. And I knew I went through a past, bringing past lives up because tears were intense. Because I remember once, I looked out the window, I was in my therapy room and, you know, in the woods, I had a beautiful uh, room and, 
and I looked out and I, and I knew my soul told me I was seduced by the planet because I love the beauty of the planet. And I went to my spiritual teacher at the time, it was many, many, many years ago. I don't have a spiritual teacher now. And she said, yes, that was true. The reason I bring that up is because that was a point. No, it wasn't this lifetime. It was some of the lifetimes. And if we are connected to someone or something that we haven't let go, we're going to have to come back again. And again. It, it pulls us into reincarnation. It pulls us. So we need to accept everything that ever happened to us. And I'm not saying accept it when you're having an emotional pain about it. Go work it through. But don't keep the memories that they, they, they were horrible to me because this is what they do. Once the emotions has released, it's only a memory that's left. And look at the, you can then look at that memory and say, you know what? My soul brought me here for that situation. And I totally accept everything because that's how we get out of the matrix we don't hang on that's a key so okay so that's what happened to me and then i um you know my passion was um awakening my passion was spirit uh, and uh in 2011 i was flying on a plane going back home because one of my grandsons had died in a car accident. And in, this, in the plane, I don't normally talk about this, but it's hard to talk about. In the plane, I saw my believed self, my separate self, down the aisle. And everything that I ever did, all my spiritual stuff I was doing, all my juicing all my diet all of that stuff was in that belief self had nothing to do with who my essential self and i thought oh my god if that's where it came from who is seeing that now who is seeing that my essential self was not showing me that that was the beginning of my awakening from the dualistic nature, but the rest of it, it's about purification. Or you got to see who you are and who you are not. So the purification comes on. And the more I go through the layers of purification, the more I come to that place of accepting everyone and everything and loving everyone. I'm really grateful that I can be in this place to hold, a, hold my hands out and my heart open to serve other people who want to have the same thing. So when we work through our woundedness and our veils, we can open a portal to our spiritual awakening. That's what it is. Wow, that's so... Cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, especially the the dichotomy of your essential self and your believed self. Um, how was your essential self feeling about your believed self? Was it like? I mean, I was shocked. I couldn't tell anyone. I thought, 
only my husband I can tell because he and I were into the awakening teachers. And he had told me on and off, he said, Radhavi, if I go into your closet, I wish I could go. There are so many clothes in there that doesn't relate to you that I would want to throw away. And I thought, ha, ha, ha. That's one thing you never get to do. <laughs> now listen, on, <laughs> on that, when I called him and told him what happened, the next thing I said, Douglas, you can go in my closet and take out everything you want. Yes. I came home, nine boxes of stuff in the garage. And I walked by and I looked at them and that was it because something had shifted very. All right. So I want to tell the audience what I realized. Our clothes is our identity, whether we think it or not. It's our identity. And when I had let go of that identity, I was able to release because I no longer connected to a lot of the stuff I was hanging on to. Yeah. And he witnessed that. So that was the beginning of <laughs> discovering. That was the beginning of discovering who I am. And, and then a few years went by and the divine spark came and gave me messages of who we really are and their yearning messages will be in the book. And sometimes I read it and I cry because it's not about joyfulness. It's about how they are locked away and, and living and being lived, driven on like a wounded child. Well, we're really not a wounded child. I used to say that a lot in my, you know, even on my website, I said, awaken from the wounded child. Um, the wounded child is a representative of our veils because the veils are where we are conditioned. This is what we are carrying, we are holding. These are the garments. I'll look at it and say the garments that we're wearing. Oh, okay. So <laughs> when I told him to go take the take, you know, get rid of the clothes he wanted, I was letting go some of those garments, you know, um, metaphorically that had shielded the essence of my being. And just, just now I, I, I saw the, the metaphor of that. So that's why, you know, I tell people, you don't know what you're missing in yourself when you feel shame and self-judgment and you won't, you're afraid to let go because you think it's too painful to remember it's more painful to hang on to it. And me, I'll go into the shadow with my clients. They don't go alone. Not alone. I'm a spiritual warrior. I'm a, I'm a divine mother warrior. <laughs> I take care of my children. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And your children are not just the children that you created, but- Oh no. Oh, absolutely All not. All of the children, yes, no, absolutely. You, you would be surprised how many people I have met who was like my, my child. I feel, I feel them mothering to them. They probably were my children before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, 
Oh, I love that so much. I really appreciate your perspective too, that like you can't just, and I know this from my own inner child healing that I've done. You can't just keep ignoring it. You know what I mean? No, no. It's It's time to grow up, guys. Yeah. Time to grow up. (laughs) And sometimes growing up means also being more playful and being honoring that child in the presence and how you experience your life. It's so funny how like you can be a grown up and like be a lawyer and run around and do all this grown up stuff. But like, if you're not cultivating that inner child with play and mirth and joy, like you are actually like suffering in a big way. And those wounds pop up in lots of hard, hard ways and just kind of create chaos. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, when I was a little girl, I was withdrawn and unhappy, really shy, shy. You know, I was never a child that someone would go out and hug. Didn't have that. And my guides were telling me the other day, you know, you you went through a lot of, of, God, how to put it, you know, unhappiness, whatever it is. And now you're experiencing your child when you ever did. And it's absolutely true. (laughs) So the little child needs to come alive in us, not hidden away, locked away and pretend that it's okay. No, it's not. I also experienced through working with some of my clients, because I have the ability to hear the children when I take them and find them. And they said, we have been waiting for you to come. They've been waiting for the adults to come to save them because they didn't know how to go through the healing. So they live in here, and um, and when we when we do a soul retrieval and bring them in, we're also healing the adults in us. It's a two way street. They're waiting for us, and we can't live and pretend that it do not exist. Those times do not exist. It's time to be really honest with ourselves yes I also like Mm. to remind folks like what you said about how if you could have had a lobotomy to just get rid of the memories like you would have done it and I guess so many people can identify with that and what I think is really nuts is that we're not socialized to to process our emotions in healthy ways and to be able to I think most of I read this that most childhood trauma like the, the biggest result that kids have from childhood trauma is not the trauma itself. It's being left alone with their emotions um, after the trauma and yes. not how to process, right? And like the more I've learned how to just be present with the memories that are harder. Um, I had a really great coach, I think who works much like you um, about 10 years ago, teach me a technique to just like go in and be present with that as your higher self with like whatever guides and angels you wanna bring with you. And that has, that just technique alone has helped me so much to just be able to bring peace and healing to different parts of my life. Um, and when I went through my Reiki master training, I learned about a technique. Actually, this was probably level two. Um, I learned about a technique uh, where you can connect to a photograph and give uh, Reiki through time and space to. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. To like previous versions idea. of yourself. And it's, really powerful and isn't that amazing to I mean when I realized I was like oh my god I survived a really difficult childhood and 
I think I'm actually how I survived it. Like me now is how I survived it then uh, because I'm consciously doing the work to like, when those memories come up, I don't ignore them. I process them and I'm present with the pain. And I know that big emotions, this is my biggest teaching. I want everyone to hear this is that your emotions, the big emotions only take 90 seconds to clear. It's like having a contraction and we're socialized to stuff away our big feelings to make the people around us feel happy um, and please them. Instead, being present with your pain, just letting it be there, breathing through it. And then there's freedom on the other side of just being present for what's happening right now. Exactly, beautiful. One, one thing you brought up is that children were left with the pain and it was not recognized. Mm -hmm. I have known that when clients come to me, there's a part of them that wants a witness I am the witness. I am the one who recognize their pain because I know sometimes I'm crying with them because it, the wound is so deep. You know, they're somewhere, and it's the child that wants people to know or someone to know that this was real for them. You know, and uh, it, yeah, so you're absolutely right. And we're all here for connections, whether we know it or not, connections. So being alone is a very painful thing that, um, so missing that connection is, is, is the connecting with beings and the heart and our soul connecting with another soul. It's important, yeah. So important. <clears throat> Radhavi, will you tell us your love story with Douglas? <laughs> That's funny. You mean, how did that happen? Yeah, how did? because you found Douglas later in life, and I think some of us are still single and excited. Oh, okay, good, Later good. in life, love. All right. <laughs> so I, um, I was living in Florida. You know, I was divorced for many years, and I thought, oh, my God, some of these girls, you know, they just find a man and they get married. Not that I wanted, not that I was looking for marriage, but I thought I never, you know, had a couple of relationships, but I went through the dark night of my soul when I was Florida, just before I moved to North Carolina, which was 19 years ago, maybe going on 20 now. And I was staying with my girlfriend up in, the, in a, a condo and downstairs with this girl, she was 45 and she's on match.com. And I thought, and she's talking to all the guys she's meeting. And I was curious. So I went on match.com and I looked and I looked, you know, it's, 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 it's really fun to window shop. I now think every, everybody likes to window shop. And I saw this guy, I thought he was Mexican because his hair looked dark and the name was De Carlo. So I didn't know whether that's Italian or Mexican or what. So I, I thought, okay, and asked my pendulum if I should write, okay. So I wrote and I just wrote, it's not, oh my God, crossing out. And I just wrote <clears throat> and I left it. And it's about three weeks later, that I got an email from Match.com. Match.com said, here is this do, do, whoever person trying to meet you 
And so here's his email. It's, I could feel it's like, leave us out of it now. What happened is I had not joined. I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> so he got my email, but he didn't know how to respond to me because I was not in the system. I didn't know. <laughs> so um, we connected. He was like an hour away from me. We connected for three weeks every day. This is fascinating because I recognize now that we were energetically connecting. It wasn't about your physical form. It's about who you really are. I think it was perfect. He's only an hour away. We didn't meet until three weeks later. So we went at the bookstore and didn't go as well as we both thought, you know, because here is the eyes looking at what you're accustomed to doing, to seeing. And I was like, <laughs> I was like the, um, the stenographer taking notes. There was an observer taking notes. And he was looking at me and I was different from all the women he has gone out with because I look different. So it didn't go very well, but um, we still continued talking. And, and eventually, you know, we got together and, and I'm going to say this because I normally don't say this. I used to organize for a shaman in ayahuasca ceremonies for quite a while. So everybody had to come through me. And in one of the nights in ayahuasca, I was told Douglas was chosen for you. Then first, and then always follow the divine. Had I not heard Douglas was chosen for you first, and he said, always follow the divine, I would have lots of doubts because they were different stuff. Many times I thought, how the hell did they tell me this man was chosen for me? But you see, what, ha <laughs> what happens is that your relationships is a very bold movement to really get to know who you are. So he's triggering parts of me and I'm triggering parts of him. This is what is common after the, after the romance it's over, that big little few weeks of heart romance. And, and so I want people to understand that when they're having problems like that, to know the problem is coming from inside of them. That trigger of some dormant stuff inside is really affecting you. And um, the, the good thing about that is that um, we moved into the path of awakening. We both had that in common. And uh, another thing that I learned from my own experience is that once we, in a, we are in a relationship with our beliefs, through our belief self, which means a piece that fell off on me in the plane. <clears throat> You're always going to have some little difficulties because that belief self is always looking for happiness. And it will never find it because everybody's looking for the same thing. And I had a saying, everybody's looking for love that they never had. 
everybody's looking for the same thing, the love. So there's nobody to give you love. It's only temporary, a quick fix. And then they go back into their old self. But once we move into recognizing something deeper within us, our being and our heart, our soul, and you move towards that, it's just a sacred passage to live from. So I saw that and I experienced that. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's so powerful. And I think, gosh, yes. I, and you know what? I wish for everyone the clarity to know when the divine has chosen someone for you. Um, Cause I think it's really powerful when we recognize like um, I've been grieving, you know, that my father passed away a week ago and I've been doing a lot of work in the grieving process where like acknowledging like I can love someone and I can maintain that love connection while also like having conflict with like their choices and like what they're doing. Right. And like, I think there's such a powerful thing when like, even in conflict with someone, cause we're attracted to our opposites. Like that's how attraction happens for us. And so like, there's stuff like you don't get about that person and they make choices that like, you don't necessarily understand or agree with but if you can like instead of like staying in the conflict come to that love place i think that's such a powerful way to just love it anyone not just your your person but like also your children um, and just being present for your friends right and like all of that that's so powerful thank you for sharing that uh, yeah uh, yeah and the one thing i want to remind them too is that if you're feeling really, really hurt by your partner, we're going into relationships now, not child, not parent. Stop and look because something was triggered in you. And you need to go find what it is because you're hurting. All that person did was what they did. And then awakened state, you'll say, all that person did was what they did. It's their, it's their dark dark side that's coming up but if it affects me i need to look at what it is it's all about me right there and we have to be totally honest with ourselves and if we need help looking at that to work things out we need to reach out to someone who we know can not our best friend who is going to agree with us so yes he's a rotten head no, not, it's not that <laughs> someone who can support you in a very uh, clear way yes absolutely i think that there's you can actually get a lot of information about yourself about what you do in times where you're hurting like and who you turn to and what and those little changes you make like to turn to someone who has life results that you want versus someone who's just going to agree with you no matter what um and 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 really orienting yourself to to just being discerning about who's guiding you in life this is why like i have a therapist a coach and a mentor you know what i mean like there are people who help me and then i can really bring my best self to everywhere else because i'm examining myself and taking inventories and and it really is something we're just socialized into doing through codependence, uh, through alcoholic family structures. That's you know true for me. Um, even the culture of white supremacy is 
a blaming culture. And so you're blaming oh, God, yes. for why you're hurting, but really you're hurting because there's stuff that's coming up that needs to be healed. That's it. It's not, it's not more complicated than that. And it's your responsibility to heal that stuff so that you can then show up in the world and with your loved ones as the, that more, your more essential self versus like your believed self. That's right. And, 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 and the thing is, too, I wanted to say that the belief self is a mask that we wear, the garment that we wear. And it always wants to put its best side out because you know why? It's always looking for love. It's always wanting to be loved and to be accepted and to feel I'm seen. And, you know, that, that happens to all of, all of us because we've walked in the human conditioning for a long time. I was doing that in my own spiritual part, thinking I would, I'm spiritual, I'm doing the right thing. What a shock. <laughs> yeah. So it's such a time to really um, say, okay, now I'm not the only one who is feeling ashamed and hiding some something in my closet. Okay, everybody now is more open and more aware of that. And I'm ready to come out. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Radavi, thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. Um, if folks want to book a discovery call, uh, the link is in the show notes. Um, and if folks are, uh, wanting to take advantage of your 50% off program, the link mm -hmm. is also down below. And I just thank you so much for your friendship and for your wisdom and for, uh, sharing with everyone. I, I know I've gotten so much out of this and I know other people will too. Um, and just thank you so much for being here. Oh, Bevin, I, I love being here. Now, let me tell you my flow was a much more open, much more open here than I, than I have done. And I've done several podcasts. And I think it's probably the relationship that I feel with you. And, um, and I don't know, you know, so the soul pulls us along to open up to whatever it is that's going to be spoken. So Thank you so much for having me and for our connections. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks everybody for tuning in. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>